Hello, Yannick. Welcome to Wanaka. Hello, Senthil. This is episode number five. The last week of January, I've successfully made five episodes for this month. Have you heard the other four episodes? Well, a bit. I have to be honest. Not all of them in full completion, but I listened to Mariano's podcast yesterday. As I know him in person, obviously, uh, it was a pleasure to hear him talking about Argentina and uh, again, like cultural differences, what is happening there. He was talking about Mate a lot. So yeah, that was interesting. I liked it. Yeah. Happy to be here. Looking forward to the episode today. And let's see what we are talking about because we haven't really decided on what we are talking about. Yeah. So <laughs> we will see. But uh, yeah, let's go. How was your day today? Well, to be honest with you, I slept quite, quite long because I couldn't sleep last night. I don't know why. Maybe I should not have played with my phone so, so long. Um, I don't know. Did not fall asleep. And that's why. I Slept pretty long today, but I don't, I don't work right now. I'm in transitional phase, so that's why I can't do that. I don't, I don't have to get up that early. Um, so yeah, that's that's it. Then I made some breakfast. I had some, you know, organizational stuff to do on the computer, and now we're sitting here and recording the the session. What's your daily breakfast usually like? Date breakfast. Oh, that depends. So if I do have a little bit more time. I try to get some uh, bread, of course, because I'm I'm German. I I love I love bread. I love everything about bread. So if I do have the time, I I'd like to get some some nice bread and then put on some some cheese on it or I don't know tomatoes or whatever. If the time is limited, I think I'd either go I yeah probably I go for porridge or uh, muesli. You know, like, uh, that's that's the easy solution, just adding some milk to it, some nuts maybe, and uh, yeah, that's usually my my breakfast. You know what I had for dinner yesterday? I bought bread with cheese, which is common from Aldi, the common yeah. one, and I bought mint, like the mint leaves. Yeah. I put that on top of the cheese. I took bread and I dipped it and I ate it. And it comes... Like a very disgusting combination, but it tastes so good. Mint, cream cheese, and bread. It's really good. It doesn't sound that disgusting. Actually, that's what I really like about, you know, about this type of uh, breakfast or whatever you, if you have it in the, in the evening, it's also fine. But like combining the different elements, like as you say, bread and cheese and then some vegetables or whatever, I that really works out very well. So, uh, no. Don't find that that disgusting. Actually, it sounds good. Yeah. So, but at the end of the day, it was very filling, very cheap, very tasty, very healthy. When you when you saw me like having the typical German breakfast the first time, for so for example, I don't know when you for first for the first time saw me and I had probably bread and then adding some, I don't know, for example, some be- peanut butter to it or something. Did you see that before or was it like the first time happening? First time. For you, I've seen a lot of first times. I've seen you eating, having milk with peanut butter, with fruits, which has apple and banana. And you mix all of that and you eat it. And you also mix oats sometimes. It sounds so healthy. <laughs> I don't think I can ever eat that. Like maybe I can, I mean, I always take a spoon from you or from someone obviously, but after that, I don't think I can go for a full-fledged breakfast. 
having that entire thing. I need that uh, Indian masala in my in my mouth. That spice that keeps yeah, that's me there. So crazy, like every time <laughs> I see you having like pasta or whatever masala, whatever, in, like in the morning or let's say the early early midday, uh, I'm always. I mean, I know that you do that, but for for the typical German, it's it, typical to have like some uh, some you know common breakfast. Uh, which is always <laughs> like lighter and you having a bit more, let's say, let's say dishes that, uh, yeah, <laughs> contain some power. I always find that uh, funny and interesting, but uh, it is what it is, huh? When was this? Two two days ago, you were eating one kg of Neonkida <laughs> with vegetables and vegan chicken. No, you, uh, I, I, I think that's usually pretty pretty helpful for example if you if you cook and then I don't know why we are talking about cooking so much because it's definitely not my one of my strengths but so when you cook and you have like a huge amount of pasta for example um and then you you come you know you add like additional stuff to it like vegetables or uh, chicken or, or whatever I think it's always good to have everything in one big pot. That's what how I do it. And then, uh, you know, I have stuff for at least two or three days uh, prepared. And then you can just, uh, you know, <laughs> you can you can eat it whenever you want to. And you, you don't have to worry about it for the next two or three days. And uh, since I'm always worried about what I have to eat, that's, uh, yeah, that's uh, helping. Yeah, But you're also a very good cook. You made that lentil soup. I don't know what you call it, but it tastes so good. Well, I'm very happy that this is part of the podcast now because uh, I'm not that, well, I'm not that much, uh, how do you say? I don't believe that much in my in my cooking skills, but if you say, say so, uh, I'm happy. <laughs> you don't believe, but all of us believe because you made this lemon pasta also once. Super tasty. And you also promised me cookies, which I don't know when I'll get. Yeah, damn. <laughs> One day, wait. Do you want to talk Let's about? Talk about. Um, yeah, why not? We can we can uh, switch the the seats today in talking a bit about you. Not we don't have to talk about you all the time, but uh, I can also ask you one or two questions. So now I'm the host, and you have the my guest. <laughs> Do the intro. <laughs> hello, hello, radio check. This is Yaviki in the podcast. Wanna come the center? Hello, my guest. Welcome. How are you feeling today? Good, how are you? <laughs> um, so, Sentil, tell me, how is your how is your life right now? I mean, you're here in Barcelona now for, how long? Two and a half years? Yeah, like you. Yeah, two and a half years. Um, what has changed in, let's say, in your life from the day you, you arrived here in Barcelona compared to, to now? What have you um, observed over the last weeks, months uh, concerning yourself? What are big steps or like smaller steps that you think you, you've uh, taken? And uh, well, I'm just interested to, to see where do you see yourself compared to like a couple of years? Ah. Big topic. I don't even know where to start from. But a couple of years when I came back, I had no expectation, no nothing. Absolutely zero thoughts in my head. And I think I'm going to tell the story again. You're, you're going to listen to it for the hundredth time. Hmm. But when I was on the plane to Barcelona, 
I was looking at the views and stuff like that outside the aeroplane because there were only about eight to ten people in our flight because of COVID. So no one else was there. And the pilot was very friendly. He was like, look right. It's the city of Cairo. It's right below you. Uh, and the island in Italy, Sardinia. Yeah, he's like, look right. This is the island of Sardinia. I was like, oh, wow, I can see Italy from the top. And uh, as we were passing Sardinia after an hour or something, the plane just shifted on the left side, took a left turn, and I'm looking on my right. No, no. Huh. I'm looking on the right. And then I see these uh, mountains with completely green. I know it's not green to you, but for me, that's super green. Mm. It was so green. And then I saw this, like a giant wheel on top of the mountain, the fairness wheel. And then I saw a beach. I saw the city. I was like, oh, this is a nice place to live. I mean, it not live. Like, it looks very nice from the aerial view. And then literally the next second when I was thinking this, the pilot was like, on your right is the city of Barcelona. I was like, oh, wow, this is where I'm going to stay for the next nine months. Nine months became two and a half years. Back into like, and then did you see the the harbor and everything from outside, like the the plane window? Did you, did you see that? Because for me, every time uh, before the plane arrives in Barcelona, that's very spectacular to see, like, uh, you know, the harbor and where all the life is happening, people... Uh, walking around and I feel like that's always uh, catching my, my attention. Yeah, it's a very beautiful view. I've not been to many countries or many cities via aeroplane, mm -hmm. but I would say this is one of the best views to see um, in terms of the aerial view because the airport is by the beach, so it has to be above water with the city view. So the view is amazing. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to live here for the next nine months and yeah, here I still have. Nice, nice, yeah, true. I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like um, what you what you said, uh, out in Barcelona is pretty greenish. It's just like maybe not the the center part. Here you you rarely find some parks or some some trees or whatever. But if you if you leave the city a bit and you go, I don't know, with a car one hour away, there are quite a lot of uh, national parks and, and trees, and forests, and all that. So. Actually, it's not that not that bad when it comes to nature. Not, so, Yeah, that's very true. I think if you have a car over here, really good, like north of Catalonia, I think it's very green, like the dark green, which is like thick green, German green. No? Not sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, okay, now, now you explain, or like now you talked a bit about your arrival uh, when you came to Barcelona. Um, and adding like my next question to it so um so you arrived and what did you do uh the first couple of weeks here in barcelona what like i can because let's let's give the audience an impression here but for for me if i would for example see myself leaving europe and going you know i don't know it does, doesn't really matter on what which country india Going to, let's say, India, <laughs> but it could be uh, any kind of... No, just Indian environment. Okay. No. I would be probably at the beginning um, so overwhelmed with, like, everything that is going on there, you know, because, oh, okay, you speak English there, which is a, which is a plus, which is good. Uh, he, the, the, like, the people also do speak uh, English, but be when it comes to traditions, when it comes to rituals, when it comes to, like, 
things that are expected from you to do or not expected or what you what you see on the street or I don't know what it, when it comes to the job or whatever um I feel like it's a it's a huge huge conscious it's a huge big uh, big difference and I feel like um you know the difference is a lot lot bigger than for example relocating from one European country to another one so um that's why I'm I'm asking you <laughs> like uh, how were the first first weeks was it uh, easy was it stressful or what did you what did you feel back I don't think it was a big decision that I made I know it sounds very big that I moved from Abu Dhabi to Barcelona a lot of people over here including you and a lot of our friends have also told that you've moved from a different country different religion different language different everything is different it's a huge jump but I never saw it that way I just wanted to do do masters I came here that's mm-hmm. how I see it I never thought like oh, it's a different country at the end of the day people are people if I find my people good if I don't it's it's not the answer one like I finish my masters I go back it's done yeah that's true I feel like having some people surrounding you that you feel like safe with or like then you have like at least help you to you know not being completely lost I think that it doesn't matter that much where you are I can I can imagine I can guess but I feel like having more or a safe environment is then like a good starting point for the mist yeah yep true so when I left I was I was like I wouldn't say I was happy not I was sad I was just neutral because obviously I was saying bye to my mother bye to my friends but then I, again I was doing my masters in sports management over here and I was looking forward to it so it was neutral and then the moment I entered the house I was like ah oh, this is a nice house the owner is very nice and everything and then he left he closed the door and then i sat on the bed and i was like oh my god what am i doing here alone <laughs> because a lot of people back in abu dhabi asked me you don't know anyone there nobody has ever been to spain usually people go to uk or canada or us maybe now germany as well but spain there's literally nobody and i don't know why it was barcelona it was super random and um, and that's when i realized like oh my god i came here alone without anyone or i didn't even know any family friends nobody's there wasn't that hit me for like maybe 5 minutes after that i started getting hungry and then i was like oh it's sure there are very good bakeries and everything i went straight to a bakery i had a very nice uh, uh what do you call this those bun rolls chocolate rolls all of that and uh, that's it i was happy eating that and i was like okay i'm going to eat this every day now aha uh-huh, what's it No, I mean I ate it for like one or two weeks and then I was like, man, I need my masala in my mouth. Yeah, no, but I I feel like it's it's very true what you're saying that um there are so many things at the beginning that you kind of want to or that you need to find out in order to not survive. That sounds a bit weird, but you know, in order to progress with your usual day like, you know, finding supermarket, finding the the food that you need, maybe finding a pharmacy and and all those also those things um like that need to be involved in your day, daily routine or rhythm at the beginning it's like a, there are a lot of different small challenges and you need to to make them like you you want to complete them and because of that i guess you don't really have that much time to think about i don't know <laughs> all the big conscious and what is going on and blah 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 so um probably that's why uh like finding out about what's going on in your life uh is taking a bit away like all your thoughts about 
you know, home and like the differences between cultures and anything. At least that's how I felt it. So interesting. Thanks for answering, answering my question. <laughs> I also thought that I would, uh, I would make a lot of friends from India over here because that's, that's the general thing. You go to a foreign country and you, and you're with people from your state or, or from your country, because obviously you bond where there are more things to connect and stuff like that. I came here, there was not even one Indian and I was sure. Yeah, there was no one. I mean, yes, in El Raval. Okay, El Raval is a place where you're filled with Indians, Pakistanis, Sri Lankans. Um, so, yes, there are families, but I never saw any student in my college huh. or anywhere outside. In my eyes, I never saw anyone. And it was a bit weird, I would say, in the beginning. I was like, how do I talk to other people? Where do I talk to these pink people? <laughs> so, yeah, because there's so many Germans and so many pinky Germans. So yeah, no, it's true. I can. Yeah, but then after that, at end of the day, everyone, everyone's the same. You can connect with everyone. Like mm-hmm. I'm talking to you over here. I'm living with you over here. It's very, mm-hmm. it's very normal. Okay, good. Sounds good. Okay. Any other questions? Ah, yeah. No. Now we're changing back, and you, you becoming the host again. So any other questions for me? Welcome back. Your host is back. Okay, can you teach our listeners some simple German phrases or words where maybe when they listen to you, they can be like, Amman, I know this word, I know this sentence. So maybe if they meet a German person, they can be like, Ich, ich spreche ein bisschen Deutsch. Perfect, huh? Okay, so what do we have? Um, hallo is obviously the most well-known word, I guess. It's hallo, like H-A-L-L-O, like hello. Hello is pretty smart. So it means hello, obviously. Um, um, what you can ask is obviously always how you, how are you? Be geht es dir? Be geht es dir? How are you doing? How are you? Um, Let me do it with my Indian yeah. So it's a little easier. Wie geht's dir? Yeah, that was the short form, which is obviously a more, yeah, a smooth kind. Yeah, I've gone to I've gone to be one of German with Yannick. Pretty advanced. And then you can, for example, respond. Mir geht es gut. I am I am good today. Mir geht's gut is the short form. And well, <laughs> then at least you 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 have the very basic stuff covered. Like you, you can you can say hello. You can ask someone how is how is he doing, and then he can respond. And when it when you, then you proceed to like the more deeper stuff in German, probably you will get lost pretty easily because it's such a weird, <laughs> complex uh, language. But um, yeah, that's that's it. And for for saying goodbye, for example, you can always say, uh, "What do you what do you say?" I I have to think about it actually. Juicy, um, cheers, yeah, cheers. Um, Why do you guys have the numbers in reverse when you say, for example, the number? 34. You say it like 4, 3 or something like that, right? Yeah. Uh, why? Okay. No. Okay. No, okay. But how do you say it? But at least... Like the translation. Vier, uh, so 34? Yeah, 34. And 30. So as you say, if you're first, you say the the last letter and then you say the first one. So 4, 4, mm-hmm. und, and 30. 30. Um, I don't know why it is like that. At least it's not as uh, difficult as counting in French, but uh, yeah, it's still the French is harder. 
because then I, so for you, uh, now nah, I have to speak French, Jesus Christ. Uh, let me think, I, I just, I can just remember that, for example, for 80, 89, you don't say 89, I think, but what you say is like four times 20 plus nine or something. So you have to make a calculation. <laughs> oh no. At least it's uh, it's even I think more more complicated than than. Wow. Okay, I'm gonna get someone from France so we can talk about this even more. Okay. What is your perspective on UAE, United Arab Emirates? Be be very careful. If people over there hear it, it would take. Well, my perspective uh, perspective is obviously very limited because um, I don't know that much about it and therefore I can, you know, the puzzle that I have in my mind is not very complete. Yeah, but what's the unfinished puzzle? Yeah, I can try to give you some impressions. So I was in Abu Dhabi. He traveled in Etihad. So what, what I saw, first of all, was especially in, in Dubai, that, um, well, I, I had the feeling that, for example, when you have a look at the, the buildings or like the hotels or, uh, I don't know what, everything was always pretty, you know, great, big, heavy. So in some essence, it was always like the, I don't know, the best hotel in the world, the best, the highest building on the, on, in the world, like the, uh, I don't know, uh, always representing like kind of like a world record. <laughs> so for me, there is definitely a bit stuck in my head that you always had like a pretty great aspect of something or you tr uh, at least there was always like this feeling of being the best in something. Uh, I, I can re uh, recollect that for sure. And uh, of course, usually there's it's hot of over there, but when we were there, it was raining for like one week straight, which is, as as you told me, very, very uncommon, very uncommon, like the end of the world. But yeah, I, I can also recollect that, I've, that I remember that for me, it felt a bit changed that there was like, a, let's say, a city raised up and then and created like in in the desert, not in the desert, but like in a, such a difficult um, environment or living condition. Of course, you have the ocean nearby, which is beautiful and, and nice. But in, in general, of course, um, the living conditions, I guess, are not easy when there are sandstorms and always like temperatures around 30 or 40 degrees. I have to say the sandstorm is a myth. Ah, really? Oh, that's telling you. That's good that I say it. Huh? So now you can you can explain. It's not existent or what? I mean, it's there, okay, but it's not like what you see in, um, what's that movie? Mission Impossible? It's nothing like what you see in the movies. It's like, it's there maybe once in two or three years, but it's like very little. You can barely see it. Maybe it's maybe it's there in the morning and then by the time you have the engine go out, it's not there. So, and there, that's good that we talked about. But in, in the end, I mean, you can say the same about like living in, I don't know, in Alaska or Scandinavia or whatever the living conditions are also difficult or they're just different difficult <laughs> but um yeah those things are definitely things that i can recollect 
but in the end i i feel like when you're there or at least at least for my, uh, in my case you're not that much outside anyways because it's so hot so kind of you you're in your hotel then you take a taxi um uh, then you go to i don't know another place so you're usually inside <laughs> buildings or, or uh, objects most of the time and i didn't feel like being outside uh that much one evening <laughs> it was only a very limited amount of time but we were like on those as it called bazaar no uh i don't know the the word but when you have like those markets where they sell like spice and everything at the end it was probably pretty touristic but um for for me it was still very nice because of the the sm like the smelling part and the uh, like uh you know like all the spices that you have over there, or most of them, I feel like they are not that typical uh, in, in Europe. And like walking, walking around there and just having a look at the different like things that they sold, um, and then like having like this smell in the air and everything. I can still, uh, I still have the picture in my head. It was very, very nice and very, very different to here, just because we don't really have those things in our in our uh yeah food culture so now spicy one what do you think about india well i have to say that because of you probably i learned i learned a lot about the country i didn't know a lot of stuff beforehand um so for example obviously like the big love for cricket i i mean i knew that cricket was part of the culture of the country but didn't know that it is such a big big aspect of it i mean I'll, i learned to get to know the the indian cuisine the indian kitchen a lot better because of you and your your little uh how do you call it startup i feel i feel like that's something that i really really like about it that it's so you know it has so many combinations there so many dishes existing and so many it has just such a big variety of things to offer that I, I really like and I feel like in general I could eat everything <laughs> they are always delicious always nice always feel to be uh, seem to be kind of healthy I, I can't I can't tell they're healthy but it feels to me pretty healthy all the time um so food uh and cricket are now the things that come to my mind immediately um what I also learned from you of course is like that India is divided in such essence that you have so many different, uh, of course, uh, first of all, languages in the country itself being spoken um, at the same time that like being in one part of India doesn't mean that it's the same like uh, or in the northern part or in the south of, uh, southern part or whatever. So uh, we talked about like weddings a lot and you explained to me like, that they are also big or at least some differences in, in the cultural um, traditions and how you how you celebrate stuff and feel like that's very interesting to to hear. But in the end, I feel like you need to experience it yourself in order to to see it <laughs> in person and to understand it on a deeper level. That's why, of course, I want to be invited for the big marriage of Santa back back home. <laughs> In order to to have food uh, on banana leaves and having the full experience, so that's <laughs> it. <laughs> um, 
no, but I feel like I really would like to to learn more about the the culture and like of course having someone like you able to explain you things and what could help you out would be very, very interesting and I feel like even more helpful to to understand like at least the basic parts of your culture and you know. Uh in order to yeah <laughs> to to learn them better and to 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 know what is going on there. So it's on the list on the pack. Who's your favorite cricketer? <laughs> um well I, I will tell but then you you be mad at me. You will be angry but uh because she's the only one that comes to mind and oh, it's not yours. So Royd is obviously Is it called R O H I T? Rohit Sharma. Yeah, I mean, he's a good cricketer. Nothing wrong with him. Not yeah, bad. he's my superstar, my hero. Okay, I think that's the end of the podcast at the end of Yannick. <laughs> But maybe one day we get to see a cricket match together. Although I signed like six or eight hours a bit. bit long. That's the long version. There's a short one for three and a half hours. Well, first and then. But what I like about it is that it is pretty analytic, uh, analytical, do you say that? And it contains a lot of statistics and it's like, um, if you understand it a bit, then the the numbers obviously have a, have a meaning and you obviously you can, you know, you make some assumptions based on that. Um, but if you don't ask. Yeah, it's true. There's a lot of data, like every second, as you said, for every player. There's an orator. Whoever is bowling, batting. Or... Um, what? Any further questions for me? I mean, there's a lot, but for now, though, because there's like, <laughs> like we already exceeded time. But yeah, we can obviously chat another day for another episode. Bro, please. You're literally like one meter away from me. I can't fool you. Okay. Well, thanks for having me. It was great talking to you. It was a pleasure. The combination of topics was very wild, but... I liked it. It was very chill, relaxed. So, uh, thanks for how do you say it? tuning it. You can say whatever you want. You say that it's your podcast. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I just wish this was a video, huh? like a video podcast, so you guys could see how Yannick is sitting. He's all laid back in his hoodie, and I'm really hoping that that the mic has picked up his audio. Oh, yeah. No, but I think it has. I think it has. Well, you guys let me know. Well, Yannick, thank you so much for today's episode. Thank you. Have a very good day. Juicy.